So these are 15 key things that I've found that help someone become a better leader. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey, Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. If you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for Driven Mofos. The reason why I do this is that most people waste their life, and I just don't want you to be one of them. So let's talk about leadership. These are 15 key things that I've found over the years of working with everyone from corporate leaders to professional athletes, right through to startup business owners, scaling business owners, rich listers, and a whole bunch of other people. These are the things that I've found really help people become a better leader. And so let's go through them. I've got 15 key things here. I'll go through them relatively quick and maybe we'll dive into each one maybe in another podcast or something like that. But um, let's explore it. So first of all, the most common thing that I've found amongst people who make great leaders is their love of learning, is that they tend to be fairly inquisitive and they want to keep learning and growing. And so they will tend to study a lot, they'll go to do courses, they will have mentors, they will have advisors, and they'll surround themselves with people who have greater knowledge than they do so that they can absorb that knowledge and become a better leader or keep increasing their skills, essentially. Now, if you're a business owner out there and your business is growing, you're always having to increase your skills. I find that most of the reasons why most businesses stagnate is because the owner has stagnated in their growth. So number one is their love of learning and their eagerness to learn. Number two is that they're adaptable, especially in consistently changing environments. So that adaptability is really, really important because it doesn't matter whether we're in an economic cycle and economic cycles consistently change, whether we're in a political cycle, they consistently change, whether you're in an industry cycle, that can change. You can have new competitors come in, which then means that strategy has to change. So I've consistently found that really great leaders are very adaptable. They're not stuck and stagnant and they don't keep sticking to what used to work. They're always looking for new ways to make things better. So number two is they're adaptable to changing environments. Number three is that they embrace fear and use it as feedback to learn, grow, and adapt. What I also find is that most people who destroy their businesses, destroy their lives, it might be their marriage, their health, and so on, don't learn how to harness that fear. Now, everybody has fear whether people want to admit it or not. Now, those fears may create insecurities, they may create doubts, they may create worries, they may create concerns, but essentially it's fear. It's the fear of the unknown, the fear of what may happen. But what I find is a lot of people let their fears define them because they won't change, they won't adapt, they won't evolve, they won't lean into that fear and keep pushing hard, or they won't learn things in order to deal with the fear so that they have a better knowledge, which then it's not fear anymore. If you if you know an outcome, then you're not fearful anymore. So I find that a lot of people who don't consistently grow and learn and adapt normally have a lot of fear, which then they stagnate. So number three is that they embrace fear fear and use it as feedback to learn, grow, and adapt. Number four is that they're forward planning and forward thinking. Great leaders tend to think ahead. They think ahead about economic cycles. They think ahead about industry cycles. They think ahead about what's going to happen in their next stage of business growth. They might start to hire early. They might start to gain new skill sets that maybe they don't have currently, but they're thinking ahead. Now, from a neuroscience point of view, that means that they tend to use more of their prefrontal cortex than their emotional centers of the brain, known as the amygdala. Now, when people are running off of their amygdala, they tend to be more responsive emotionally. So they'll let their emotions define their decision-making, and that can be a problem sometimes. 
times. Not all the time, but it can be a problem quite regularly anyway, because it makes people reactive. People tend not to think through things when they're not using their prefrontal cortex and they're using more of their amygdala or their emotional center. So the more evolved part of the brain is the part that governs our emotions. So even though we might know that there's a problem there or we might be stressed, we can control it by thinking through something. So that's why that's really important for leadership, because if not, you've got a reactive leader and that can create a whole bunch of chaos around them and stop the growth of the business. But it can also hinder the growth of the individual um, who is the leader anyway. So um, they're forward thinking and forward planning. Number five is that they're proactive and not reactive. Once again, they're using that prefrontal cortex or the most evolved part of the brain and not using that emotional center, which is an older, more primitive part of the brain that makes us very reactive, very emotionally driven, let our fears define our decisions, let our worries or concerns define our decisions. I mean, there are lots of people out there who make poor decisions because they're excited and they don't think through things. And that happens quite a lot as well, especially in business, the financial markets and so on. So they tend to be proactive and not reactive consistently. So they'll think ahead, they'll plan. Number six is they're driven from within, not driven from the outside opinions of others. Now, it's hard in this day and age because a lot of people that we call leaders aren't real leaders. And they're not real leaders because they worry about what everybody else thinks. When we think about politics and those types of leaders, normally they define their decision-making by how they win votes, which means that they're not really doing things for the betterment of the country or society, they're doing it because it wins votes. Now that's very poor leadership. In business, sometimes poor business uh, business leaders or business owners can make decisions based on whatever the challenge is in front of them today uh, or maybe how they're feeling emotionally and not think about what's best for the business. And this is something that I've been reinforcing with my team lately because I learned the hard way. Really, it's about the business. So it's not what I think that matters, it's what's best for the business. And if we can keep asking ourselves as a leadership team, what's best for the business, then we tend to make better decisions than what's best for Michael or what's best for one of the managers or what's best for one of the leaders or what's best for staff. Because if not, you might be adapting the strategy for people in the team who are emotional or haven't grown or aren't excelling in their job role. You keep adapting for them. And I've done that plenty of times in the past and that really fucks up the business and I've lost a lot of money that way. So it comes back to what's best for the business. Now, if you're a leader and you're in politics, it's what what's best for the country or what's best for the state or what's best for the town. If you're a mayor, you really need to think about what's best for, I guess you could say the why or the what, um, which is the mission or the vision or the purpose. Number seven is that they have clarity around their success map. So this is a lot of what I go through in Thrive Time. Now our Thrive Time event, the reason why I built that up was because I did so much personal development and so much growth, but I kept feeling like I was off track. I would go through stages where I was re really driven, but then I'd burn out and self-sabotage or self-destruct. There were also times where I would work really, really hard, but just like that fulfillment. There were other times where I was really fulfilled and I was just chilled out, you know, hanging out with mates and things like that, but I wasn't driving towards a mission. And then after a while, that just led to another vicious cycle and a big chaotic cycle where there was a rush for cash flow. And so I found that most people's vicious cycles is, is because they're really lacking the clarity in their own life around what's driving them. And so by creating a really, really good success map like I teach at Thrive Time, um, which are essentially three pillars, the three pillars are fulfillment and there's three core foundations of what drives a person to be fulfilled. Then the second part is their clarity and their direction. There are three parts or three stages in that area as well of clarity and drive. And then there's another seven stages of being super driven. So some people are really, really clear with where they wanna go, but they're not driven. Some people are really driven, but lack fulfillment. Some people are really fulfilled, but lack drive or clarity. 
So if those three pillars aren't there consistently for a leader or for a person, they normally will create self-sabotage patterns or destructive behaviors or vicious cycles and they'll fuck things up along the way. Um, and that happens quite a lot. Hence why, you know, normally I'll speak to people a year or two before they have massive problems. And then all of a sudden they reach out and they go, Michael, I'm going through a divorce. I'm about to lose half of everything. And I go, we spoke two years ago. What happened? You didn't make a decision then. And now you're coming to me when the shit's hit the fan. You know, I'd rather help people when there's not really too big a deal, but most people will only change when there's a massive fucking problem in their lives. And that's a problem in itself. That's bad decision-making. The reason why I created the success map that I go through at Thrive Time is because of that reason. If you don't break those patterns and know those core foundations, then you can keep creating vicious cycles and you'll, sl you'll start to get ahead and then bang, everything will just fall apart again. And you'll feel like it's not you, it's just these things happen. But it's because you don't really understand the, pre the precursors that lead to those situations. Great leaders really have clarity around their success map. What drives them? What direction are they going? What's their mission? What's their purpose in life? What are their core values? And I'm not talking about fake values like most people get taught. I'm talking about the real core values, which are the study of axiology, which is more of, I guess, scientific principles and economic principles around how a person operates and how to get the best out of themselves. So you really have to understand that. Also, how to set goals effectively and the purpose of goals. Most people are driven by goals, but that takes away their fulfillment because they're waiting for one day in the future until they hit this target. And I was even listening to a speaker only a couple of days ago, and he said this whole thing about the process is bullshit. You know, it's about the outcome. Now, I completely disagree with that because if you don't enjoy the process, then you're essentially wasting three quarters of your life. And there's a way of having both. You can be driven by the outcome and know the direction that you're heading in, but you can also be extremely fulfilled if you understand your values, if you understand the lifestyle balance that you're trying to create with the values that you have. Also, if you're really clear on the purpose that you have, but most people explain it wrong. So most people have a clash of these ideas and ideals that they've been taught in the past. And then they go, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just trying to like figure it out as I go along. But that means that they can either lack drive or they can lack purpose or they can lack that fulfillment. There's some of the things that can happen if you're not clear on that. Number eight is surround themselves with other great thinkers, advisors, coaches, and leaders. So what I notice is that really great leaders surround themselves with other great thinkers. I also find that when some people are really insecure, they won't surround themselves with people who are better than themselves. They surround themselves with people that they feel like they can always coach and teach and lead but that's only because of their own insecurities. Eventually that will catch up with them and they just won't have any more knowledge and any more resources to bounce ideas off of or thoughts off of or be up to date with the latest stuff that's happening in changing environments. And so that can catch them out. So it's really important that if you're a great leader, you're surrounding yourself with other great people. Uh, I teach this quite a lot in our Business Odyssey event because if you're not consistently surrounding yourself with other business owners that are growing and are intelligent, then it can get you caught out. And what I find is a lot of business owners, especially trade-based business owners uh, in the this country or people, I guess, who are semi self-made, who haven't been in that really, I don't know, structured business environment. What I find is that they'll go to the pub, they'll get drunk, they'll talk about all their problems and all their stresses and all their frustrations. But because that's just a common chatting topic, then they'll mix with people like that. But their whole life will just be this stress and this worry and this concern and this frustration and gossip. And that's not really a great way of driving a business. You need to be around people that are growth driven in business. If not, then you'll just get caught up in drama and all the bullshit. And what happens is most people just keep repeating the same cycles that most people in the industry do. Most people in trade-based businesses connect with other trade-based business owners that have learned stuff from the previous generation of business owners, and it just keeps cycling. 
And then eventually what will happen is someone who comes along who is a bit more technologically advanced, a bit more intelligent, hangs out with different industry leaders, they will just come along and push the industry forward because everyone else, else is just lagging behind. So that's very, very common in that industry. There are a lot of leaders out there who just surround themselves with their own industry, their own industry talk, problems, concerns, worries, the media, and they don't really grow and excel. They're just another average in their industry. But great leaders surround themselves with people who think differently in all different industries. Anyway, let's keep moving on. What else do we have here? They're dedicated to self-mastery. Great business leaders or great leaders just in general surround themselves with getting better. They know that they always have a solution, but they always have problems, stresses, concerns, barriers, obstacles, even in their own mind, with their own emotions, with their ability to think through things. I read a great article yesterday in Harvard Business Review, and it was talking about how a lot of leaders create confirmation biases and keep confirming things that they already believe instead of stepping outside the square and questioning their own beliefs around if what they already believe is working and if if it is really true. And this created a lot of problems in the hiring process because we tend to hire people that we like not people who fit the job role who may be different just because of our own perceptions. So these things are called confirmation biases. That can cause a lot of problems in business. So we wanna make sure that you're consistently questioning things in your own life. That's why I really love working with people and we, you know, with our events, like whether it's our Thrive Time event, our Triumph event, which is all about leadership and influence, and then our business odyssey. I love being around those types of people that are growth driven, that want to learn. And probably a lot of you out there who are listening to this podcast, you're probably really intrigued and wanting to learn a lot of tools and want to better yourself and grow. And that's extremely important, especially if you want to excel both in business and also in life in general. So number 10 is that they can speak well and they have the ability to effectively communicate. Now, if you're a business owner or you're a leader and you haven't learned how to communicate, that can be a problem. I find this happens quite a lot in business where just in general, people will miscommunicate things and it creates chaos. I do it consistently where I'm in a rush and I'll just say to the team or one of my managers, you know, I need this done. And then two days later, I go, what the fuck is going on here? I don't say that to them, but in my head, that's what I'm thinking. They know that that's what I'm thinking because we'll all have a laugh about it. But it's normally because I'm in a rush and don't communicate maybe as effectively as I need to. Sometimes I don't ask the right questions and that can be a problem as well. But over the years, I've learned that the more effective I am at listening, the more effective I am at calming myself down and slowing down and explaining things effectively to people, then the more effective your results are. What I do find though is even now working with a lot of business owners who do rush their communication, they will tend to slow everything down anyway. So they think that by talking fast and rushing things, that they'll get a faster result, whereas the opposite normally happens. It tends to slow everything down. So you wanna learn how to slow down. You wanna learn how to effectively communicate. You wanna think through your ideas as you're communicating them and become effective at both just on the fly communication, but also well thought out processed communication as well. So great leaders normally can do both of those two things. Number 11 is that they demonstrate the ability to sell ideas, products, and services. I hear people consistently say things like, I'm not good at sales. Well, you better get fucking good at sales, especially if you run a business, because you have to sell things all the time. And if you're working in a business and you've got a, a leader or a manager or a boss and you want to pay rise and you can't sell yourself, you can't sell your services or your, your ability to sell what you do, then it's probably highly unlikely that you're going to get a pay rise or a promotion. So I think everybody's a salesperson. In fact, kids are the best salespeople that, I've, that I normally come across because they can sell ideas. They back themselves. They believe in what they want. So they'll just go out there and they'll try to manipulate a conversation or they'll negotiate a deal with mum or dad or whatever. I watch my niece and nephews do this consistently. And it's absolutely awesome because I know that they're selling. And now a lot of adults, they have this negative connotation to sales, which then creates a problem for them to sell. So you really want to focus and work on your ability to sell, sell ideas, 
sell products, sell services, because the better you get at it, the better your chances of achieving great things in life. Now, if you're a business owner and you've never studied sales, I highly recommend that you do it. Uh, in fact, our next business odyssey, I've created this whole structure on how to sell effectively without, without really selling anyway. It's a sales process where, I mean, if you do sales well, people shouldn't know that you're selling. And they sort of do know because they wanna buy, but they should already be pre-qualified to buy, and then now you're helping them to make a better decision, which is the sales process. If you've got a hard sell and really push someone, either they're not ready, they're not pre-qualified, or the person that you're talking to might not be ready yet. So there's a whole bunch of things that can happen and can stall a sale, but if you do it really, really well, it should be an enjoyable experience. So great leaders have a great ability to sell. Number 12 is that they serve greater numbers of people. Great leaders are always looking at how they can service more people. So how can I be a better leader, a better communicator? How can I help more people move up in their career path? How can I help more people become wealthy? I consistently talk about this with our inner community is if I get wealthy, I want other people around me to get wealthy and great business leaders and business owners should be doing that consistently. I know a lot of our vendors, like some people come to me and they'll go, you know, I can always cut the price for you. And I go, I don't need the price cut. I just need the quality of service. If you can deliver what you say you can do, I'm more than happy to pay. It's just, if you don't do that, then I'm gonna be pissed. So I'd rather you just deliver what you say you're gonna deliver because I don't want people taking shortcuts, but I also want other people around me to make good money as well. I want everybody to get rich around me because I think there's enough money in the world. I think when you're scabby as a person, you tend to surround yourself with scabby people and people take shortcuts. I see it all the time in business where someone negotiates a deal and they go, you know, I really nailed this person down. And I got a really good deal on this thing. And I go, yeah, but they're gonna take fucking shortcuts. You know, I know that if someone's trying to screw me over, I'm not gonna do as good a job as if I can just deliver what it's worth. I've even had clients before where I have renegotiated deals because I've made them a lot of money and I keep working with them and I go, hey, look, you know, I've, I underserviced or I undercharged. I'm happy to keep doing it, but at the moment I feel a little bit of resentment and I feel like I can't deliver what I really want to deliver. Is there any chance we can increase the price a little bit and maybe, you know, create a, a better value exchange? And normally most people are fine with that. So yeah, it's just about making sure that there is a fair and equitable exchange on both sides and then normally everyone's fine with that. But again, that's the ability to sell, but you wanna make sure that you're creating greater opportunities for other people as well. Number 13 is that they prioritize their ability to change and manage wealth. I do find that there are some people out there who want to be better leaders, but they can't manage money. Now, if you can't manage money, it's gonna be hard to surround yourself with people who have greater influence because most people who have greater influence have greater ability to earn and manage money. So if you haven't understood how to manage money effectively or even how to earn money effectively, it's gonna be very hard to be a high level leader. And it's just because there's a value exchange there. If you devalue yourself as a person, if you don't value your product or your service, if you don't know how to sell effectively, then you're always gonna struggle. Great leaders who reach the top of their game earn great, great money. And that's just because they understand the value that they create. So you wanna be able to both create money and then manage money. I've worked with shit tons of business owners who make a lot of money, they just can't retain it because they understand how to make it. They just don't understand all the rules of how to manage it effectively. And they do dumb shit. Like they'll invest in high risk investments because they're trying to get rich quick, which is an insecurity that's driving their behavior around wealth creation. That's not great leadership and it's not great for your business. It's not great for your life either. So I always say to people, you need to learn how to make money, but you also need to learn how to manage money, which then means managing your emotions and also your psychology. The number one thing that I think that affects wealth creation and also the ability to consistently grow wealth are people's mindsets. You know, if you're starting with high risk and high reward when you don't have a lot of money, you're essentially gonna torch all of your money. You shouldn't be doing that until you are very financially stable. But financial stability takes a fair while and most people wanna rush it because they're insecure. And so, yeah, they'll fuck up their, their ability to 
make money and also retain money. Anyway, number 14 is that they manage the, their emotions and their emotional reactions. So the more stable you are, the better you are at managing people. When you're a volatile person and you react to things and you're consistently angry or stressed out or frustrated or overwhelmed or shut down or sad and any of those emotions come out, some some people are passive aggressive. The more reactive you are to things that go on around you, the worse your leadership. Now, I know this because I had it for a fair while in our business where I would get pissed off and frustrated with people around me. I'd shut down. I would sometimes I would over communicate. Sometimes I'll just be pissed off and lash out. Those things do not help your business to grow and they do not create stability amongst staff. But also being passive and just sitting back and going, you know, it'll be okay. That doesn't help either. You've got to learn how to communicate with people. You've got to learn how to communicate when you are frustrated and are stressed without letting that emotion roll out. It's just about communicating effectively with people around you. So you want to know how to manage your emotions. Now, if you're getting emotional at work, you'll probably also be emotional at home. And if you're emotional at home, you'll probably be emotional at work or in your business. Those two things can create a massive roller coaster in your life. I wouldn't suggest going home and you know being pissed off because when you do that, then you might have relationship problems. You might also have health problems as well by overeating or drinking alcohol or taking drugs or medicating yourself like a lot of people do. I wouldn't suggest that that's a good idea. You just need to know how to manage your emotions. And there are plenty of great tools out there there's a great one that, that took me about six years to create uh, at Thrive Time, and that is a mental and emotional balancing tool. Because I don't believe in positive thinking, I think that it's rubbish because just you know basic studies into physics or anyone who studied physics or engineering or anything like that, you'll know that there, when there's a positive charge, there has to be a negative charge in order to neutralize and stabilize. If you want to be a stable person, you don't want to have high highs because they lead to low lows. And when you've got low lows, they create the craving of high highs. So it creates volatility. You know, I say to people, if you show me your bank account, I'll tell you what's going on in your head. Because if you've got a volatile bank account, you'll also have a volatile mind. It's almost guaranteed. If you've got a volatile business, you'll probably have a volatile mindset. If you've got a volatile relationship, you'll have a volatile emotional state. So these volatilities that get expressed in your life are due to your mindset and your inability to balance and stabilize your thought processes, which then lead to your emotional imbalances. And so I've got all the data and the research. We've had plenty of medical practitioners, psychologists, nutritionists, you know, people with university degrees coming to my events and I show them this stuff and they go, this is fucking epic because there's a causal chain of what happens when we have imbalanced thoughts. And it leads to a whole host of issues, you know, from hormonal imbalances to mental imbalances to emotional imbalances to reactive destructive behaviors. All of those things happen due to our inability to balance and stabilize our thought processes and our mental states. So anyway, I won't get too much into that. I'll, I'll leave that for another day or come to our Thrive Time event. I'll, uh, I go through that and I show you the mental and emotional balancing tool um, because I also don't believe that rah-rah and that hyperactive positive thinking, I don't think it works. Normally most people crash afterwards, they burn out, they get tired and it reinforces a pattern that you go hard, but then you burn out and then you go hard and then you burn out. And that's what most business owners already have. Most driven people also have that same psychological imbalance where they'll work really, really hard until they burn out. And then when they burn out, they feel guilty. They feel like shit, they beat themselves up. And then it reinforces a cycle again of having to go hard. And this is why you'll see vicious cycles like that in the gym where people go really, really hard and commit and they go flat out and then they burn out and then they self-destruct and then they overeat but they do the same thing in business as well. So just be very careful of those patterns. Number 15 is that they understand the laws of balance and the dichotomies of leadership. Now, when we're talking about balance, this is a lot of the stuff that I've researched and hence why I talk a lot about psychological balance and emotional balance and stability, not positive thinking or hyper states or elated states or having a lot of energy burn consistently because when you do that, you'll burn out. There's always a dichotomy or a balance taking place. So a dichotomy essentially is that there's two sides. So you just have to be aware of this 
Because in your business, if you've got an overworker, it normally creates an underworker. So there's somebody who's not working hard enough and the overworker gets in there and tries to take everything on top of their shoulders until they burn out. Now, if this consistently happens in a business, the overworker will eventually get fucked off and they'll leave. And so you lose a great staff member and you're left with a staff member that's not working hard enough. These are dichotomies that can happen in business. There's also emotional dichotomies that happen in business that you've got to be aware of. There's You'll see this in, in larger businesses that have internal politics inside their business. That's why as a great leader, as you grow, you need to be aware of these imbalances and the dichotomy that's happening all the time. That can also happen as a leader. Great example of this is that if you push staff too hard, they can burn out. But if you don't push them hard enough, they can become lazy and complacent. So you need to manage that. Parents go through this consistently as well. So all the parents are listening now, you'll know that dichotomy. If you don't challenge your child enough, they become lazy and complacent. But if you challenge them too much, they become crushed. So there's this certain balance that's happening all the time when it comes to leadership, parenting, management that you have to be aware of. Although most business owners love the overworker, it will eventually, they will burn out and leave and you'll just be left with the underworker or the underperformers and it will just fuck up business culture. So you really have to be aware of these dichotomies or these balances that are happening in business. All right, so I hope you enjoyed those 15. I'll quickly go through them again. So number one is that they love to learn. Number two is that they're adaptable to changing environments. Number three is that they embrace fears and use it as feedback to learn, grow and adapt. Number four, is they are forward planning and forward thinking. Number five is that they are proactive and not reactive. Number six is they're driven from within, not from the outside opinions from others. Number seven is that they have clarity around their success map or their three success pillars. Now, some people don't even know, like not everybody who's a great leader has attended my events, but I just know that there are some people out there who are naturally gifted as leaders. The majority of other people that I meet aren't and they have to learn those skills and get on top of them because if not, they'll have destructive behaviors and destructive patterns in their own personal lives and also in their business. Is that they surround themselves with other great thinkers, advisors, coaches, and leaders. Number nine is that they're dedicated self-mastery. Number 10 is that they can speak well and have the ability to effectively communicate. Number 11 is that they demonstrate the ability to sell ideas, products, services, and just sell in general. Uh, number 12 is that they serve greater amounts of people, greater numbers of people. Number 13 is that they prioritize their ability to create and manage wealth. Number 14 is that they manage their emotions and emotional reactions. And number 15 is that they understand the laws of balance and that everything is a dichotomy. Oh, that was a big one. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this Driven Mofos. For all the people out there who have been subscribing or joining our Facebook group, if you haven't already done so, head across, if you're a business owner, head across to our Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group it's called No BS Business Hacks for Driven Mofos. I drop daily content in there. Mondays are all about mindset. Tuesdays, we talk about finance, uh, sales, marketing. Wednesday is ask any questions. Thursdays, we go over all the leadership, the structural sort of stuff, operations, those types of things in business. And then Friday, we do focus Fridays where we do one hour of hardcore focus work as a group. If you want to be part of that as well, you can join every Friday um, and we do it. I also add in different articles and things like that to help people grow their businesses. So if you haven't already done so, jump across to Facebook, type in the search bar, Driven Mofo Business Hacks. You'll see our little Facebook group uh, pop up there. Add yourself into it. Um, and we look forward to seeing you in there. The reason why I do these episodes is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. Anyway, Driven Mofos, never underestimate the dream.